Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. It's 2.12 a.m. in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and you're listening to Night Call. And welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. Here in Los Angeles, I'm Tess Lynch, and with me are Molly Lambert and Emily Yoshida on the other line in New York. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, guys. Uh, before we begin, if you would like to send us a night call, a question, comment, rant, ghost story, or question for advice, please give us a call at 24046-NIGHT, or you can email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, because we love that. So today we have a kind of freeform pod. Um, Molly was recently reading Kelsey Grammer's autobiography. Well, to clarify. Oh, sorry. I didn't actually read it. I listened to it. Oh, so you read with your ears. I read with my ears. My friend Sarah uh, came down from San Francisco and she rented a car and the car they offered her was a Mustang convertible. Amazing. And so she said, sure. And then she's and then like, she the only like, thing I want to blast out of this car is Kelsey Grammer's autobiography. <laughs> well, she was, she was making the drive by herself. So she downloaded a couple of audiobooks. I think she downloaded Infinite Jest <laughs> and Kelsey Grammer's audiobook. How long is the audiobook for Infinite Jest? I mean, I think she was like, it's a five or six hour drive. Got to load up with some <laughs> totally. Long ones. Uh, the Kelsey Grammer book is an autobiography Kelsey Grammer wrote in 1995. So like at the peak of Fraser yeah. years. Uh, and it feels as though it may have been written under the influence of cocaine, cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> uh, which is uh, something he talks about in the book, uh, speaks about on the audio book where you get to hear his his voice say all the things. Is he on uh, cocaine on the audio book? Look, I mean, it definitely proves that he's not Dr. Fraser Crane, but I was saying it sort of implies that he might really be Sideshow Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not that I feel more sympathetic towards him, but he did have like a crazy life kind right. of that involved both his sister and father dying by being murdered. Um, and Tess said, well, you know what that means. I said, if this were the staircase, Molly, what would you be uh, thinking? Look, he wasn't there when it happened. So he says. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So his sister uh, was sort of just like a, a rebel and... Uh, they were all, I think they lived, grew up in Florida. Here's what I learned about Kelsey Grammer. He was really into surfing. 
Hmm. I love to imagine that. Surfing. He was like, well, he also the way he describes himself as though he was like incredibly like just deep and wise as a child. It is so weird. He's just like, and then as a child, I like looked at the stars and realized that like I am God. He has this one part where he talks about surfing and like where he's like, I realized I might be Jesus Christ. I mean, same. Um, because because Jesus was a yeah. surfer, as we all know. But um, his father was like a crazy man, colonialist, evil guy who like had a hotel or something or a bar in the U.S. Virgin Islands where Kelsey was born. Okay. And then I uh, wasn't in Kelsey's life at all, but was basically like just a super racist, nightmare, colonialist, white guy in the Virgin Islands. Uh, and then he was murdered by the locals for being such a wow. dick. Wow. Amazing. In 1995, when he wrote So Far which is the title of this book. So far, ellipses. Ellipses, yes, importantly. Um, but I just want to clarify, was he like um, like talking about his father like that that asshole, or was he like my sweet father? He sort of, his father was like absent in his life. Okay. So he grew up with like maybe like a, a mean stepdad or something, or maybe a nice stepdad. I don't remember. It was a long book. Wow. Um, we didn't even get up to Cheers in our listening. <laughs> it starts with with him getting cast on Cheers, and then it's like flashing all the way back to the beginning of my life. You guys, it is officially spring, and it's about to get super hot in L.A., and I've noticed um, that Molly and I out here in L.A., we've both been showing up to every single podcast in leggings. I love I love leggings lifestyle. I, I can't really do it so much now that I'm in, I'm in New York, but it also is just like part of my uniform. But you know what? I feel like you can yeah. get away with it in New York. And you know what? Let them bend around you. You're bringing the leggings lifestyle. Do you guys know who makes the world's best leggings? And imagine that I'm capitalizing each of those words because I am. It's fabletics.com. It's co-founded by Kate Hudson, um, who you may remember from some of your favorite rom-coms. I know that I do. And they make premium activewear at a great value. I think the best thing about Fabletics is that you get a lot of different styles and you still get really high quality leggings. So you can wear them at home when you're lounging around. You can work out in them. Um, They're not going to rip and they look amazing. Yeah, and it takes a lot of the stress out of finding new workout clothes or athleisure clothes, as the case may be. I love athleisure. You've got to love athleisure. Yeah, they have extra, extra small to 3X. And also when you first visit, you're given a style quiz so that um, they can personalize your shopping results and your favorite styles come straight to the top so you don't have to sift through a million unless you feel like it. Um, It's also nice that you can shop as a guest or you can become a VIP, which is definitely a much better way to shop. You save 40 to 50% off retail prices. You get access to tons of other exclusive sales and perks. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. If you have a, if you have a leggings dependency, uh, then that's definitely the way to go. Also because they have new styles every month. So you can check out their new styles, go to the website. And if you want to buy something great, if not, no sweat, you can just skip the month and pay nothing. So go to fabletics.com slash call right now to get two pairs of their amazing leggings for just $24. That's $12 per pair of leggings. That's a pretty great deal. I think I spent way more on my last pair of leggings, I'm embarrassed to admit. (laughs) Um, So seriously, these are the world's best leggings, and they are a $99 value, and you're going to get two for just $24 when you join at fabletics.com slash call. That's fabletics.com slash call. The three of us really like being VIPs, and we think you will too. I love being a VIP. I don't know. I love people's autobiographies because people's lives are so weird. He tells a whole story about how he got in trouble for having long hair in high school. And rather than cut his hair, he would just wear a wig every day. There's like a description at the beginning when he's setting up, like, we'll get back to this later, where he talks about just like crashing his convertible on Coke, I think. Like during Fraser time? In the present day, okay. I think. Uh, in um, Fraser time. <laughs> and then his sister was murdered just totally randomly and viciously by like a local group of kids who were maybe like 
doing it as like a initiation or something. It was like oh. teenagers. She was like working late at a Red Lobster and they just like broke in and murdered her. This was her. also wow. in the U.S. Virgin Islands? No, this was in, in like... Colorado? Yeah, Colorado. And then Kelsey had to go to Colorado to ID the body. Oh my God. And just describes that experience and it was like horrible. So he comes off as like a weird fucked up person, definitely. And he's very much talking a lot about like my demons... Uh, I mean, the one thing that has always struck me about like housewives, especially Beverly Hills housewives, is like there's like a disproportionate amount of horrible tragedy that befalls these people. And I don't know how it, you know, I mean, he he was obviously an early house husband. Camille Grammer is no longer on the show. But like, I always think of this, like, how are these epic, like, like Shakespearean level tragedies and horror stories happened, like seem to keep happening? Because it's the Thornbirds. Yeah. It's the real Thornbirds. <laughs> well, he cut his teeth uh, doing Shakespeare, being in the Shakespeare, Shakespeare Company in San Diego at the Old Globe. That's where he got into Shakespeare. And then he was plucked from the original production of Hurley Burley on the That's stage. so crazy. He was in Hurley Burley, directed by Mike Nichols in the original run, and he did the Cheers audition. He'd never seen Cheers. He got cast on Cheers. He said, hey, Mike Nichols, will you let me out of my contract? And Mike Nichols was like, hell no. <laughs> um, and then he had his friends like call Mike Nichols and like beg and plead. He said something about like Mike Nichols' like tempestuous nature that he is so beloved for. <laughs> it's a very shady book, which is what Ben also is chomping it. at the bit here. Yeah. I know he wants to get a word in. I just want to ask. Uh, hi, everyone. This is Ben. Hey, producer Ben. This is our producer, producer ben. ben. I was interested, Molly. I've never read or listened to the, his book, but did he talk about his half brothers and the circumstances of their deaths? Okay. <laughs> Go on. So uh, the official record is that they both drowned, although only one body oh, was retrieved. I didn't get up oh my to that. God. I did know that there was a drowning later on. Wait, what are you yes. talking about? So us, this ben. is that, you know, we've talked about two tragedies. Yeah. These are the other two. Total four tragedies Holy in Kelsey's moly. life. Um, so his two half brothers, um, I believe in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. uh, were scuba diving and one body was retrieved. The other's never been found. It's believed to have been a shark attack. Jeez. Uh, uh, wait. Did Kelsey mm-hmm. Grammer make a pact with Satan when he was a young <laughs> Jesus-haired surfer? Wow. Well, guys, would you like to read some passages from Kelsey Grammer's oh, Would I? So far. <laughs> and thank you very much to Ben for compiling these. This oh. is this is he is our Roz. It was uh, a pleasure, truly. Yeah. He he just spent like two hours just really laser focused uh, skimming through this book, the ebook of so far dot dot dot. You want me to do the forward? Yeah, to the forward. Years after my sister had died, a friend of hers told me this story. One night she and Karen had been talking of life and family and where we all were going. Karen stopped and thought for a minute and then said, I'm not so sure about myself, but I do know this. Kelsey's going to do it all. And so I dedicate this book to Karen Elisa Grammer. Karen, if I haven't done it all, I promise I will still keep trying. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty uh, exemplary of what wow. it's like. It's like everyone in his life is like, Kelsey, you are the greatest man. You are the golden child. Like, I know. I know. Um, I'm wonderful. I'll read, I'll read the next bit. Uh, here's, here's the story of how Kelsey got cast on Cheers. Okay. And it's called Weirdness in Kelsey's Life by our producer, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Two years into Cheers, the producers decided to add a new character, an uptight intellectual psychiatrist who knew exactly what was wrong with everybody else, but not what was screwing him up. They looked at a great many actors in Los Angeles. No one was right. So they started looking in New York. They looked at stand-up comics, and they looked at actors, and then they found me. They found me because every moment of my life led them to finding me. (laughs) But on the surface level, where the strands of causality are most visible, they found me because I had been in a Stephen Sondheim musical called Sunday in the Park with George. And that was weird. I use this word advisedly to to that point. My life had included such weirdness as the murder of my father, (gasps) the rape and murder of my beloved and only sister, the drowning deaths of my two half-brothers, and a marriage that went south even before the ceremony. 
But it was definitely weird that I ever got to sing on stage in New York because the thing of it was, when I was chosen for Sunday in the Park with George, I was in my late 20s and I hadn't sung since I was in high school. What? So weird! Like as if that's anywhere near as... Uh, what? <laughs> wow. I will Amazing. also say that my friend listened to the rest of the book on her drive back to San Francisco. Uh, what did she... I want to hear everything. Oh, just that it was bananas. Um, Emily, I, I think it's your turn okay. to... To play Fraser Roulette, <laughs> you've you've got a doozy. So now we're now we're in the era of Fraser and 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 putting together the uh, the uh, the cheer spinoff known as Fraser, and so he's talking about some of his co-stars. So as for David, of course, finding Niall shot out of him like poop through a goose. Working with him is effortless. He's exquisite as Niall's a lovely man and an amazing actor. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Now let me see who could it be. Oh, yes, Moose, the dog, or Eddie, Martin's beloved sidekick and the bane of Fraser's existence. It's widely rumored that I hate the dog, and that it's kind of fun to perpetuate that myth. The truth is, I have nothing against Moose. The only difficulty I have is when people start believing he's an actor. Acting to me is a craft, not a reflex. It takes years to master, and though it does have its rewards, the reward I seek is not a hot dog. Moose does tricks, I memorize lines, say words, even walk around and stuff. But I don't need a trainer standing off camera gesticulating wildly and waving around a piece of meat to know where I'm supposed to look. Okay, so he hates, he the, hates dog. the dog. And the clearly. dog hated him. The dog hated him. I love the dog would only respond to like its trainer yeah. and everybody else it, it did not like. I mean I know, but he's like mad at the dog for getting laughs. Yes. <laughs> it starts and you're like, oh, he's gonna kind of like he's doing a goof about like I don't hate the dog, like, you know, but it's clear he he's not joking. He hates the dog. No, that's the whole book, is he's incapable of joking and the whole book is written like jokingly, mm-hmm. but it's like clear that he means everything he says. Oh, God. Uh, a lot of which is bonkers. And then Ben added another part that I don't even know if we have to read it out loud. We can just sum up that it's a a racist recreation of what it must have been like for Native Americans to encounter the first settlers to the Isle of Manhattan. Uh, He uses the word powwow. Can uh, I please just read the last line? Yes. Uh, Of course, the Europeans knew a lot about vertical expression, and for them this place was perfect. And so Manhattan became a great canvas for glorious erections of the Western mind. Wonderful. Ugh. Wonderful. Glorious erections and like some like Western, like some creepy Western civilization. Like the Europeans knew what to do. Uh, Fuck off. Yeah. Um, Fuck off, Kelsey. Yeah, I recommend uh, listening to the audiobook and uh, give us a night call to tell us what you thought. And what your favorite part of Kelsey Grammer's or book if there are is. any good celebrity autobiographies or memoirs Ooh, that yeah. we should read, because I think that this is a genre we are into, <laughs> especially ones written in the midst of the crazy part of yeah. their life where they are perhaps flying on cocaine while writing it. If they're really schneefed and you have an excerpt you want read on air, please send it to us and we will reenact the schneefiest parts of your favorite I have favorite some other books I'm thinking of now that I'll maybe I'll bring into Well, I, oh, I yes, always please. wanted to, um, going back to, to, to Hoodie's time, I wanted to read the uh, um, Brandy from Housewives uh, memoir, which is like oh, tweeting also, and drinking. Oh, you guys watch. Yeah, the Holly Madison book is a, a classic oh, yeah. of the genre. It's actually a great book about the 2000s, and I'm going to make you guys read it so we can talk about it. That book is crazy because the first act is getting into and then escaping from the Playboy Mansion and all the crazy power dynamics of the Playboy Mansion that are like horrible and terrifying. And then the second half is she escapes to Las Vegas and then she gets in an equally nightmarish relationship with Chris yeah. Angel. Oh, mind free. And then she has to escape from that. It's a great Somebody book. Would you guys make- rather be working at the Playboy Mansion or at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch? Oh, the Moonlight Bunny yeah. Ranch. I, I just read something. I don't remember where it was of someone who was working there and they like loved working there. Yeah. I used to watch that show on HBO all the time. I yeah. would, didn't I seem would that bad. I think um, we are going to take some night calls now. That We're going to take a bunch of night calls. Let's yeah. do it. A night call-a-thon, perhaps. A fucking grip of night yeah. calls. Yeah. Do we have one from Teresa? Hi, night callers. This is Teresa from Washington State. Um, I wanted to thank you for starting this podcast. Uh, when my son was one month old, because 
you definitely kept me company during those long, lonely nights of uh, midnight feeding. Um, uh, now he's a little older, sleeping through the night a little bit, and um, I get to enjoy you during the daylight hours as well. Um, so my question is, which are you more fascinated by, uh, cults or serial killers? And uh, which which one, if you were doing a deep dive for an article or a book or something like that, which subject um, and specific cult or serial killer would you want to profile? And, uh, and I'm going to uh, nick the Zodiac from the list. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, first of all, Teresa, thank you so much for calling in, and congratulations on your baby. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Night call says, what's up? Yeah. Um, and that's also really cool that you're listening to a podcast about conspiracy theories and cults and serial killers while you're nursing yeah, your baby. Yeah, a really strong start for the child. I, I, yeah, I mean, it. I was doing the same thing. My kids are geniuses. <laughs> uh, so congratulations. Um, that's a good question. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, personally, I feel like if I had to pick, I'm going to go with cults because mm. serial killers, sometimes I get just too creeped out, especially if I watch too many true crime things. And I'm like, it just makes you just scared to be like a lady in the world a little bit too much sometimes, you know, you're like, because they all start like a woman was minding her business. And then, uh, so I'm going to go with cults because I'm interested in group psychology. I'm trying to think of like, what's a good one? Well, there's this one we keep talking about. That is like this cult that predates uh, Manson that he kind of got a lot of inspiration it's from. Like Palantin? It's like Box Canyon. Right? Oh, Box Canyon. Uh, that I'd never heard of about, but it was apparently like a, a cult of kind of free love people in Los Angeles in an abandoned studio ranch. What happened was that people's wives would like show up at the cult and join the guru and then maybe like the husbands finally showed up to like settle up and that's why the cult disbanded i don't think they murdered anybody they just kind of lurked around and creeped people out by existing i am certainly more of a cult person i wouldn't even necessarily say that i'm a big serial killer person for a lot of the reasons that you have brought up but it's interesting to me that so many women are really into serial killers because I always feel like it's hard for me as a woman a lot of times to like hear these stories over and over again but there's been a lot of discussion about like the true crime boom and how much of it is sort of uh has a female audience uh and people's explanation is mostly like it's like a safe place to vent these fears and to think about stuff that is scary and in the background always and that you know they provide these narratives of like people getting caught that are comforting and not super realistic yeah i think Mm -hmm. it's less about people getting caught or like trying to solve it or like um find the culprit than like I think dwelling on the circumstances of the death and like imagining somebody suffering, I get kind of creeped out by really easily. I couldn't really deal with Mindhunter even because so much of it was just like, I mean, they're all just motivated by the same thing, which is like misogyny. It's boring to me eventually. I'm like, do it because like a lizard told you to, not just because you like hate women and want to kill them. Maybe part of it is like wishful thinking that somebody could be a serial killer for a reason other than misogyny. Right. Just those long monologues on Mindhunter that are like, well, I wanted to like slice it's her. It's a little f- oppressive. It just, you know, and I think that's also why why when there's like the occasional female serial killer or why people were so into Sheila from uh, Wild Wild Country was because there's this idea that like only crazy misogynists can be evil. And it's like, no, there's like lots of ways totally. people can become crazy, crazy or evil. And Sheila, <clears throat> it felt like a real like more more female drone pilots kind of thing where it's like no we don't actually want women to like also be sociopaths but there's something a little exciting about it because it's so rare that you're like well if you give somebody a chance (laughs) if you give women like a position from which to abuse power i hate to say this now because i feel like a creepy person but i'm actually more into serial serial killers than i am into cults not into them like i would like more of them (laughs) but when i'm thinking about super scary things i think that the problem that i have with cults is that it's really um hard for me to imagine a large group of people who are like kind of all brainwashed into believing illogical things. Whereas if I'm viewing 
a person who's kind of like isolated. And then most of the story inevitably ends up being about the victims and law enforcement and, you know, people's responses to that person. So they remain like more of kind of an objective, you know, it's mostly uh, about like like rational people's response to an irrational act. Exactly. Yes. And I think it's easier for my head to wrap around the idea that somebody is, you know, this extremely disturbed monster. I really liked Mindhunter. I do agree that eventually you're like kind of numb to it and you're like, this is a lot. But at the same time, I mean, like the Zodiac Killer, for instance, like it's really about the people who are trying to solve the case and and how people feel knowing that when they look at a sea of people, it's like there's how many people are possible murderers and whatever. I feel like you're also, you're into the like psychology of it. I could definitely see Well, you. when you said you were into the psychology of cults, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. But in a way, there's something almost more kind of like ordinary and, and sad about a cult because you think of a person who has something missing in their life and they're trying to fill a void and they fill it with a charismatic leader and they just like eat up all these lies as opposed to, you know, kind of a community of people who are working against something evil. They're like just becoming this like mundane evil mass, which is less interesting to me. And like the stakes are lower most of the time, not with Jonestown. Like the way you just described the cult psychology is just so incredibly close to something I think anybody can see themselves in any day of the yeah. week. Like right. it's actually it's harder to imagine, but you're, but I, I get what you're saying. Cause you're saying it's like, it's not like you're imagining yourself as like a serial killer right. it's that you get obsessed with the people More who are obsessed, obsessed with, exactly. with tracking them down, which is kind of like the cult thing. It's just, you want to like be in something bigger than yourself that you can throw yourself into. And that's just, but it's also like, if you've ever tried to reason with a person who's in a cult, which I have and recently, yes, right. And got nowhere. It's frustrating because you're like, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped and who may not have committed a crime. So it's like, it's just this thing that's sad, but that's not a problem that can be fixed. It's just something that you have to, I mean, again, like Kanye, where you're like, he's entitled to his opinion. He can live his life how he wants. Because you just made me think about is the alt-right. Right. I mean, that's the same thing. It's like, and and the kind of resignation you have to have, like, you're not going to be able to argue something out of it unless they actually want to be argued out of it. Okay, guys, so I'm pretty sure that we have all been browsing ModCloth and shopping at ModCloth for the past couple years. It's a fun, friendly, accessible website um, that has very expressive styles, a ton of different sizes from extra, extra small to 4X, and it's really affordable and awesome. We are here talking about ModCloth today because you can head right over to ModCloth and shop for swimwear and hit the beach in aquatic prints, rainbow brights, and sun swimwear. You can pair a statement piece with everyday denim or a polished skirt. It's very wearable, but it's still unique and has your own personal style. Yeah, the great thing about ModCloth, I think, is how inclusive they are, just not only with their sizing, but I think that they consider some different lifestyles besides um, maybe going out to the club every night. I'll say that. (laughs) Not that we're not at the club every night. We're at the club, but we're also at the library. (laughs) They have a lot of like fun things for bookish people like us. Um, It's also really nice because if you're having trouble finding out what size or fit is right for you, the Mod Cloth stylist can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help, which is really makes everything a lot easier. Oh, and P.S. It's actually officially wedding season now and you can find everything you need in the Mod Cloth Bridal Boutique. Whether you're a bride, a bridesmaid, or the very best-dressed guest, you can even get free sizing and styling help from their team of mod stylists. Of all of my clothes and accessories, the two most complimented things that I own are from ModCloth. I have a purse that's vegan leather, so I felt good about that. And also they have like a really, really great selection of shoes that are cute and not basic, comfortable. Um, it's it's a really good place to shop for accessories. They also have some home furnishings. And I got an alarm clock from ModCloth a while ago that was um, had a little bird on it and uh lit up and made very subtle chirping noises so Moncloth is definitely a place where you can shop not just for clothes but accessories and home furnishings so to get 15 percent off your purchase of a hundred dollars or more go to modcloth.com that's m-o-d-c-l-o-t-h.com and enter code call at checkout hurry because this offer expires on august 4th 2018 So again, to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter code CALL at checkout. 
as ladies who were on the internet in the Gamergate era, it's mm-hmm. like you did come up against this thing of like people who like even maybe know that what they think is wrong or, you know, untrue, but like they don't even care. They're just like, they like to be trolls. a little it's bad, like, bad boy. Yeah. They like to be a little bad boy. And that's the thing uh, just about a lot of these, like the, the edge lords is like, it's always just reinforcing something really boring and already dominant, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as cults that I would like to read more about, I feel like a lot of times stuff about um, Asian cults doesn't make it to the States. There's not like a wild, wild country of the Unification Church, for example. Oh, yeah. um, I spend a lot of time in the Wikipedia for, for new religions, yeah. new age religions. I mean, and so, and it's really interesting how some of them are not classified as like maybe a cult, but we're not sure. Right. And then some of them are like, it seemed fine. And then it turned out to be a cult. Well, I had a relative who was uh, who got who got taken in by the by the Moonies for a short amount of time. <gasps> really? It's a, it's a it's a fun family story. But <laughs> hey, I have a Mooney story. Yeah. I, I want to hear Mooney yeah. stories. I was going to the new school and I met a girl. And we were started dating. Okay. And she lived in the New Yorker hotel. Uh-huh. And she would sneak me in and she would throw these big wild parties with all our international friends. Mm-hmm. And she sort of talked about being a Mooney and that her and her sister were sort of deeply involved. And I was telling my friend this story years later. And he looked up the family of Sao Young Moon, mm-hmm. and it was his youngest daughter. Oh my God, <gasps> Ben! Is that weird? You were so, and I can't believe that at the time you were like, you were in the New Yorker hotel, and you were like, "Oh, this is cool. I'm never gonna like Google this girl or whatever." Like, <laughs> I was 23 or something. I was dumb. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, a friend of ours got taken in by somebody who she thought was trying to date her that turned out to be a multi-level marketing scheme. Was this the guy who slept in the hospital bed? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a friend of mine um, briefly dated a man who slept in a hospital bed is like my main. I mean, that's the thing is the multi-level marketing. I'm like, yeah, whatever. He slept in a hospital bed. Wow. Like that's the bed he chose for himself. Oh, you mean he slept, um, he got, he acquired a hospital bed. He and, bought a hospital wow. bed. But yeah, he kept asking her if she wanted to be part of a really exciting opportunity. And she was kind of like, oh, he wants to spend more time with him. No, no. He was like dating women to bring them into his multi-level marketing scheme. I I was working with someone who attempted to bring me into the Monavi multi-level marketing scheme, which is a juice. And because I can't say no to anything, I was like, sure. And then they gave me a bunch that I was supposed to sell. And I told them I was allergic to it. So I needed to return. It was just a mess. Um, oh, wait. Um, I remember when Katy Perry was doing her live stream, like one of the people in the audience, they let her talk, like ask a question. She just started cold pitching her on Landmark. Oh, my God. Well, that's like Alice and Mac, I think, was going after maybe Jessica Valenti. She or was something. going Being after like, hey, so many really cool. She was going after <laughs> Meryl Streep and Emma, Emma right. Watson. Oh my God. Well, using women's empowerment as like a front for a cult for is Nexium. a smart yeah. idea. You know what's empowering is being branded on your pelvis. <laughs> that's empowering. It's a choice. Yeah. Ben, are you more into cults or serial killers? Serial killers. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. I was feeling super crazy. I was like, there have to be others like me. I, I think that I think that the the current podcast marketplace bears that out. There are, <laughs> but no, it's the psychology you, of it. It's um, yeah. just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I actually produced right? um, another show where I got to sit in on an interview with a FBI profiler oh, who had worked on uh, some really like high profile cases. And she wait, Ben, are you a mind hunter? Yeah, I actually met a real life mind hunter. Ben is yeah, like he's, a he's he who hunts the mind. <laughs> who, hunt who, hunt, the who hunts the mind hunters? Have you guys seen this film? Um, I just looked and it's on Netflix now, which makes it great. Uh, so you can actually check it out called Holy Hell. No, I haven't watched that. Uh, one yet. You guys need uh-huh. to watch it. It's amazing. OK, well, watch because that. it is um, made by. This guy who was in, it's not even necessarily clear that it is a cult. It's just one of those things that walks up to the line. Um, But he started, you know, just documenting everything. I think like the thing you see in Wild Wild Country where it's just like all these people there want, like for some reason we're just documenting everything obsessively. There's footage of everything. So he, over I think a decade or something that he was in this group um, uh, called the Buddha Field that was in Los Angeles or in West Hollywood, I think. Um, 
like documenting it, just being enthusiastic about it and doing it because he 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 loved it so much and was like the official videographer. But because of that, he has this huge cache of all this stuff from inside this this group as it just got more and more kind of sinister and weird. And um, but it's kind of incredible to see something that's kind of just a single person's perspective on it as opposed to like a far reaching, like researched thing. Um, Maybe the key here is just document everything. Yeah. yeah. When you join the group. <laughs> totally. And then get a Netflix show. Well, somebody else was saying uh, that Allison Mack on Smallville and Andrew Keegan, who ran a cult in Venice that I think we yeah. were saying. He was making the kombucha. They got busted <laughs> for going making some raw kombucha. They were both in the movie Camp Nowhere. Oh. And somebody was like, isn't it weird? Two of the actors from Camp Nowhere grew up to be Camp cult Camp Nowhere leaders. is a good I mean, someone should dig cult. deep into that. Yeah, it yeah. is a good name for a cult. It's interesting, too, at the end of Wild Wild Country, when they show, like, what the campus turned into, that it's now the <gasps> Christian youth group. That's amazing. With the water it's park. You, it's yeah, Young Life, like, which is, like, I yeah. mean, I I narrowly dodged going to Young Life as a youth. Um, I never went, but I came close. Were you raised religious? Yeah. I didn't know. That's why she's into cults. <laughs> oh. instead, of, instead of Young Life, I think I just went to, like, some youth leadership conference in Washington, D.C. I, I mean, like I was in a youth group for many, many years and, you know, it, it, it was it was cool and exciting to me at the time. So, yeah. Dang. I was just doing pony club. <laughs> I wish I was in pony club. Jeez. I was asking my mom about like when did she become a lapsed Catholic? And she was telling me that they did. She was like kind of into it as a kid because they did the ceremony in Latin. Oh, yeah. And then at a certain point there was like the Reformation and they started doing it in yeah. English. And she was like, and as soon as you could hear what they were saying, it was yeah. like not interesting. I'm anymore. reading this amazing book called The Kingdom, which I'm sure once I finish it, I will want to talk about it, which is um, kind of this sort of very highly literary uh, supposing of of what the life of Paul was like, who, you know, basically is responsible for Christianity being the dominant religion of the Western world. Um, But uh, he does talk about that a lot because he's a lapsed Catholic and just like the it's in it's in Latin. So you can't hear how silly it is. (laughs) Yeah, she said it was kind of like cool and like eyes wide shut. It was very mysterious when it was in Latin. And then she said it flipped to the sort of the the folk rock where they're trying to like appeal to the kids by doing like folk Catholicism. Catholicism. And she was like, I'm If you grew up watching shows like Family Matters or Full House, and no, I do not mean Fuller House, F-O-H with that, you really need to hear Raised by TV from Earwolf. It's a really funny podcast. It's hosted by comedians John Gabris and Lauren Lapkus. And when they were growing up, these two watched a lot of TV, like a lot of TV. And they cover everything that you remember from your 80s and or 90s childhood, including candy and commercials and toys, all the junk that filled up your head if you grew up around then. They just released a new season covering the beloved Nickelodeon late night block, Snick. And plus, they're joined by guests like Scott Ackerman from Comedy Bang Bang and other luminaries and funny people from the comedy and podcast world. And it's one of those podcasts that will make you laugh embarrassingly on the subway when you think that nobody is looking at you. So subscribe to Raised by TV now in your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We have a night email that I would like Molly All to right. read. All right. This is comes from Mickey. Hi. On Girls and Hoodies, you were always talking about the most interesting shows. I learned about Black Mirror first from your pod, also Secrets of the Living Dolls and Slow TV. Do you have any new tips? Wait, what was Secrets of the Living Dolls? Oh, that was the guy, the, the real dolls. Oh, yeah. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good one to re-recommend, by the way. And Slow TV also. Slow TV. Yeah, it's a good time for that. Um, I am going to recommend a show called Toast of London. I haven't Toast. watched it. You guys talk about this all the time, but I, I feel like I yeah. should. Once I realized that it was a, on, not a reality show, because I think I thought it was a reality yeah. show this whole time. But Toast of London is a show. It's on Netflix. It is a British half-hour comedy uh, it's Matt it Berry. is so silly. We should we should let you know that it's only for if you're playing silly moods in your mind because it's not. Like, it's about a British yeah. actor. It kind of it kind of segues well out of the Kelsey Grammer stuff too because it's about a very pompous, self-absorbed actor who treads the boards. But it's about how his career as a stage actor has sort of stalled, and he has to do all this voiceover work. 
Um, and my friend claimed that the voiceover stuff is all based in real life and that it's like incredibly accurate. Everybody has the most ridiculous names. Yeah, everyone has a funny name. But what I keep saying about it is like a lot of like what I never liked about a lot of anti-comedy was sort of like, you know, go so far in the direction of being unfunny that it just would become a chore to watch. Right. It's not a normal show. And yeah, my boyfriend was saying it's the only show he's ever seen that has musical interludes that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what kind of interludes like, never do they have? There are just songs. There's like a song, an episode, and Matt Berry, who's the who plays Stephen Toast, is also has like an indie folk career in real life, and he makes this kind of like serious, good psychedelic folk music. I think the first one had an almost like a music video yeah. in it. And Emily, what are you watching? Like, I don't really have that much time to watch TV. This isn't necessarily a recommendation. This was just a weird Netflix experiment. And this is also maddening. This is like leads me to a sidebar about Netflix, which is just like they buy up so many movies, so many indie movies and like actually fancy movies. And the thing that gets recommended to me on my homepage is World's Most Extraordinary Homes, which is like a one off (laughs) special, a British special um, and so we were like, oh, we can't find anything, blah, blah, blah. Let's just watch World's Most Extraordinary Homes. So, <laughs> so we started to watch it and it's actually completely charming. I mean, it's just about like homes, like in- incredible architectural feats. Um, the hosts are good. The hosts are amazing. It's I'm so glad that you've watched this. Oh, ben. I love it. Is it also it British? British. The, the woman who's like the main host, she is so funny because she's just... I saw she's this like, show and she was Yeah, great. she's un uninhibited in her in her appreciation for architecture. She's like uh I she she feels like she belongs on British Bake Off, but she would be one of the contestants, not a host. Yeah, I think we all need things that kind of balance out the the dark stuff cuz you can't just go all serial killers and cults all the time. Sometimes you just have to watch uh reality show about really extravagant homes oh wait speaking of homes you guys Tess sent us a home this week (gasps) oh no Emily sent us a home please give me credit for this Sorry, I know that you're both looking at weird <laughs> well, houses all the time. Sometimes the time. I, I discover something on Craigslist because I don't know why I'm looking at Los Angeles Craigslist at, at midnight. Uh, no, no particular reason, but I found a um, a home. I won't say where it is. Well, okay, it's it's it's, it's my hills. dream home. <laughs> like I will just say this: yeah. I have a I have a fantasy of owning one of these kind of mid-century homes like mellow like two bedroom some of them are like one bedroom homes someone compared it to megan draper's it is crash megan pad, draper's exactly yeah it, it is, is. Yeah. megan draper's crash pad uh it's it's sort of the vibe of, of philip marlowe's apartment but it's not a part an apartment it's small but it's on the hill the price was suspiciously low but it also so but it also looked really um it, it was obviously hadn't been renovated for a long time but the headline of the post was the God-fearing home. And so, of course, I sent it to uh, Tess and Molly immediately being like, what's going on here? Tess, can you do some Redfin research? <laughs> Which I immediately yeah. did. There's nothing I like more than a mysterious real estate listing. It's like my favorite yeah. thing. And I look at real estate constantly, even though I'm never moving again in my entire <laughs> life. So I'm just going to say how suspicious the price yeah. was. It was about $600 below like the lowest market value for a rental. It's also listed for sale. I believe it is a short sale. Yeah. Um, or pre-foreclosure. So I was like, Emily, are you seriously interested in this God, home? I wish. And I texted the person and I was like, you know, I have a lot of questions about this listing. My friend is interested. And I texted them in the afternoon. And then the person texted back at 1.38 a.m. He gave me a night call <laughs> on that home. He didn't answer any of my questions. He was like, well, you want to you wanna take a look? He was like, it's month to month. And I was like, I think I'm good. And then he texted again the other night and was like, hey, you still interested? And I was like, damn it. Why is it called the God-fearing and he home? Said, and he was like, it's a good answer. <laughs> because we're good Christians. <laughs> Of course. I was like, of course. Of course. Duh. 
Okay. Guys, this 100% leads into a Rosemary's Baby but situation. I want to yeah, live 100%. there. It's such an amazing apartment. Right. But that's like what Rosemary's Baby is about, too, is it's like you're so lucky to get an apartment in New York. Yeah. And then you just let the devil give yeah. you a baby. Well, it's yeah. not the because devil that's the price home. of owning property. It's not the, yeah. the hail Satan home. Right. But how do we placate God? <laughs> right. You have to give them your firstborn child. And there well, you go. We, I was there saying. No. That this should house. be because I, I unfortunately am not prepared to to pick up and move by by next month for this home, um, even for the low low price of x amount of dollars. Um, uh, that we should we should make it our our headquarters for night call. A hundred percent. Yeah, we're looking for a night yeah, commune, a night so club. If house. anybody has any. Any hotlines on a, a night commune? Yeah. yeah, or if you want to wire us money so that we can just buy. Yeah, this place if anybody wants to set get, it up, like, wire us a good. down payment, that would be amazing. Yeah, um, that's how we're gonna stage our pivot to call. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I really want us to read this one last yes. email um, because we can make it just a lightning round and just give our quick answers. This night email comes to us from Tyler. He says, hello, Night Call. I very much enjoy the show and I love hearing about different conspiracies. Most I haven't heard of before. Shadow people is going to be a lot of research for me. But someone had mentioned lizard people in the latest episode, which is one of my favorite conspiracies. My question for the podcast is, who would be the least surprising lizard person to discover and who would be the most surprising? Thank you, Tyler. And thank you, Tyler. Um, Man, this is a good one. The first person who popped into my head for whatever reason was Catherine Hahn. Um, <laughs> Wait, why? That's most. Most. Least. Most surprising. Most surprising like, lizard person? Why would, why would she? Um, has, has she been called a lizard person? No, that's exactly why it would be surprising. It would be so random. Um, I was just trying to think of people who I would be genuinely surprised to discover, a, a, you know, a beloved actress in indie films and um, and some TV series. Uh, I just think it would be a weird move for the lizard people. Um, she's great. I love her. I, I would be shocked. Who would be the least surprising? I don't know, like a, a Roger Ailes type or something. I don't. Yeah, there, there's tons of. Tess, do you have an answer to this question? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I'm not dissing her. Least uh, surprising or most? Oh, no. That would be the least surprising, yeah. right? Like, she's a lizard yeah. person. Like, duh. I'm not dissing her appearance or lizard eye makeup, people which would uh, was be a able hot to button topic. The smoky eye, though. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, I mean, Elon Musk. Like, I guess we all probably are working with different uh, definitions of a lizard, of a reptilian, if you will. Um but they're like, wouldn't they be kind of like Illuminati adjacent, but like evil? Are I you think guys just media thinking people like who, for who sure, or like a or any kind yeah. of press adjacent person? Yeah, like I feel like Sarah least, least surprising would definitely be all all the tech billionaires. You're right. You think Peter Thiel? Yeah. I mean, Peter. Thiel, look, yeah. that's what I'm saying. They're like being it. too yeah. obvious about it. That they're gonna like come out tomorrow and be like, well, we're really like Kang and Kodos all this time. Yeah. It's like, oh, of course. Do you think Peter Thiel is getting the blood transfusions because he's cold blooded and in order to regulate his body temperature, he needs um, mammalian transfusions? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. That's, I think we solved the problem. Yeah, that's a good theory. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, most surprising? Yeah. I'll just go with Catherine Hahn also <laughs> because now I can't, I'm like, she's right. It would be very surprising. But he didn't ask who would be the most surprising. I mean, the most surprising lizard person would obviously be yourself well, because say, you um, know that you are yeah. not uh, a lizard. That's the real I was black say mirror. Like, Tess, if it turned out right. you were a lizard person. No, that wouldn't be the most surprising. It would be though. Cause it'd be a really long con. But you know that I'm I'm like affectionate but towards lizards. But you love and lizards. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody who loves lizards and cares about their welfare a lot. You yeah. know, it's like Catwoman. Like that's true. And you were always trying to hide your knowledge of the lizards. This is like my superhero You're origin like, don't story. Don't tell people that I know everything yeah. about. Well, there are no I actually watched people. Rango yesterday. Yeah, oh, yeah, Rango is great. Rango's such a good movie. Okay, well, Rango would be surprising if he was a lizard. Johnny Depp could be Absolutely. a lizard person. Yeah. It seems yeah. too easy to just blame all the evil people on lizard people. I'm like, what if they're just... So who's a great lizard person? Cher. Okay, yeah. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even some all of right. the people, like, when I'm like, who's a celebrity, like a big celebrity, an influential celebrity that I really love, and it's still, I'm like, you know, if they turn out to be a lizard person, wouldn't be surprised, even though I love them. Like, a Beyonce, for example. Well, that's what it's been like... Honestly, though, like it's been a little bit like that with finding out how many men are terrible. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's our it's own like, lizard I've just people. I've given nightmare. up on the idea. 
Maybe Nick Kroll is a lizard person no. and it was publicity. It was actually Publizardy. <laughs> and they can do a whole spin-off where they like turn into Liz and Liz with the like lizard chameleon power. Well, I've told you I used to have a, a tweet stalker who thought that I was part of a Nick Kroll based conspiracy. I was obsessed with that guy. I mean I felt sorry for you, it was a but lady. I re- it was a lady? Yeah. She was like, I know that you're you know being paid off by Big Kroll to promote all these things. And I was like, no, I just like Kroll Show. Kroll. It's so funny to me that someone would be like, how could someone like Kroll Show? I think of Kroll Show all the time. Oh I miss my Kroll God. Show. It was like the reason it was a conspiracy is because they were like, you've said nice things about multiple projects of people involved. Because I said like I gave a good review to a Chelsea Peretti stand right. special. And I was like, no, I just like these. And we really liked Oh Hello, of course. Yeah. They thought it was a conspiracy. Yeah. I mean. Um, Well, Kroll Show has been coming up a lot recently, too, because everything has gotten so Kroll Show in culture. Uh, When Trump was tweeting at Kanye and said, like, very Very cool. cool. I know. Like, that's a Bobby Ball. Very cool. Catchphrase. Also, Big Mouth, which is the new Nick Kroll and John Mulaney um, animated show with, like, all of the Kroll Show alums is really good. Yeah, but also you're just feeding into the conspiracy. I'm totally <laughs> feeding into it. It's really and also, good. I mean, like, uh, John Mulaney's stand-up special, I think, is on Netflix now um, or soon. I don't know. So definitely yeah, go and that watch that. Too. And uh, definitely, we're not lizard people. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Night Call. If you like us, please rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to drop us a line at 24046-NIGHT, or you can email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please follow us on social media, Night Call Pod on Instagram, Night Call Podcast on everything else. Also, thank you so much to uh, this week's sponsors, ModCloth and Fabletics. We'll see you next week. Bye. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.